I'm grateful that you came on here and shared this vulnerably. I think a lot of guys will connect with this. So if you're listening to this and you have backslid, join Craig. Yeah. Make this conversation the time that you recommit. You're not in this alone. There are guys going through this, silently struggling. Craig's just brave enough to share. All right, my friend, welcome back to another episode here on the Fit Father Project podcast. My name is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi. I'm the founder and CEO here at the Fit Father Project, the host of this podcast, and the man who feels incredibly privileged and excited to have one of my dear friends, and actually one of our team members, Craig Taylor, on the podcast today. Craig found the Fit Father Project in Father's Day which is June of 2017. So Craig's been with us in some capacity for four years now, but Craig didn't start working with us. He started off by clicking on a Facebook ad of all things for a meal plan and ended up going through his own incredible journey of losing over a hundred pounds in a very short span of time. I think it was in around six, seven, eight months. And we'll get into Craig's story. And what I really want to do today is introduce you to Craig. He is a man that is behind the scenes of the Fit Father Project, helping support tens of thousands of guys through these programs, but also going through his own journey, which has been a journey of both losing weight and then some certain stuff happening in his life where he's regained some weight and needed to get back on track to finding his motivation. And I know this is an important conversation because what we know is with these health and fitness journeys, they're not always linear straight up. There's zigs and zags and our ability to recommit, fire up, and just make sure that we make this a priority and we move forward is all that ultimately matters in the end game. So Craig, welcome to the podcast, my friend. I think you know the drill at this point. Please introduce yourself, name, age, where you're from, a little bit about your family. And then I'd love to hear about the early stages of your journey, but more importantly, what it was like before you found the Fit Father Project in your life with your health. All right. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for tolerating me for four years. So, Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's been quite a journey. So I'm Craig Taylor. I am 52. I live in Huntingburg, Indiana, originally from Pennsylvania, but I live in Indiana now. I'm married and I have four children, three adult children who are all married. And then when we turned 40, we got our little 40-year surprise and Tegan was born. So we have an 11-year-old. Also, she'll be 12 here in a couple months. So we have her. My life before Fit Father was basically, I spent my whole life overweight. Even as a teenager, I considered myself so fat. When I look back, I... I chuckle, but it's out of disdain. I was 20 to 30 pounds overweight and how easily that could have been fixed as a teenager. But in my head, I was fat and I stayed fat. So whether I was 210 or 250 or 280, it was all fat. It didn't matter. And I could have easily fixed so much of this early on, you know, when your metabolism's good and you're young and have the energy and stuff like that. But instead, I let myself get up to 306 pounds. There was a point where I quit weighing myself because I just didn't want to know anymore. It didn't, it didn't change anything. It was just another number that depressed me even further. Of course, I was on a CPAP machine by then. Two blood pressure medicines. I had just started taking GERD medicine for reflux. I think that was all. Surprisingly, my numbers never came back pre-diabetic. 
My cholesterol was never bad. I always surprised doctors. You know, the look on their faces when they would see my numbers was actually kind of comical to me, but I'm sure it was coming. You know, it had to be coming or there was something else going on, you know, but I did have high blood pressure, couldn't sleep well. I have my CPAP was at a very high number. The pressure that they were sending into me every night um, was very high. The, the, when I took my test, they told me within an hour that, yeah, I was going to need the machine, you know, so that's how bad it was. So in 2017, I was a minister. I've been a minister most of my life. I still am. I'm just not full-time in that capacity now. I was leading a Bible study, and we chose a book by Craig Groeschel. I should remember the name, and I can't right now. But it's seven things to do with your life. And the first thing is stop something, start something. Those two are the first two. So start was week number one. I decided, you know what? And I had been to the doctor that week. That was the first time I saw the 300 number on a scale. I went to the doctor and I saw the scale and I was like, okay. <laughs> so the, the first one was start something. So I said I was going to start walking every night. So I started walking. And then the next week was, of course, stop. So my stop was stop eating like I've been eating, you know. And then within two weeks of that, I saw the Facebook ad and the Father's Day sale. I kind of got that, like, on the last day, I realized I hadn't seen it until the last day. I was like, oh, I got to jump on this. So I, I bought whatever I could <laughs> that day. And then I knew I had a couple weeks of craziness. I was headed to Vegas for our 25th anniversary. I had a conference out of town for a week. And I knew that I wouldn't be eating great during those times. And I was not really prepared to work out yet. I'm 300 pounds, never having been an athlete and always feeling like the fat guy. So it took me a while to get to that. But I started doing what I could. I drank as much water as I could. I ate better most of the time. And in those three weeks, even while traveling twice, I was able to lose 15 pounds. And if that's not a motivation, <laughs> it is, you know. I understand that the initial weight, a lot of it is just the junk that you've had in you already, but I was still putting junk in. So to lose 15 pounds during that period was really exciting and really motivated me to get started. So when July came, I don't remember which day I actually started, but the first week of July, I started, followed the meal plan. I was one of those guys that in my head, I always knew I was going to lose the weight. I don't know if everybody feels that or not, but in my head, I always knew it was going to happen, and I refused to have surgery to make it happen. So when I started, it was like a flip switched, and I um, I didn't cheat. I, I didn't do anything. My daughter gave me one of those Getz's caramel creams, a bullseye, I think they call them. Um, used to be one of my favorite candies, and she gave it to me, and I said, I don't want that just one little piece of candy. And so she put it on my dresser and said, hopefully someday you'll eat this. And it finally got disgusting, so I had to throw it away. I never ate it. I hardly ever broke from the plan. Um, the only thing that I did was I still put creamer in my coffee for a while until I learned to like black coffee. Craig, I got to pause you there for a second. A couple clarifying questions. One, you're 306 for guys listening. How tall are you? I am only five foot seven. In fact, I was five foot okay. six and a half until I lost weight. Then I gained half an inch. Okay. So you got taller too. <laughs> I got taller. Now you join during our annual Father's Day sale. You joined our Fit Father 30X fat loss program, our weight loss and fat loss program track. And what really strikes me is you had this deep sense that this was something that you knew you wanted to do after you have this little revelation, you need to make a change. But you say that your mentality at this point was the candy was no longer tempting. How does that switch flip in your mind that quickly where you develop such a strong resolve? How did you get there? What did you attribute that to? 
for you as a man of God? Was it God? Was it you looking at yourself in the mirror and, and just knowing there was more? Tell me about that. Cause I think that mentality is, is very powerful how quickly that changes. Yeah. I wish I could give a definitive answer because then I don't think I would have the problem that I have now. We'll get into that, but I've regained a large portion of my weight. Part of it was definitely God. Like I said, I was in that Bible study that kind of initiated it. It was the realization of what my real weight was. So there was that. And then the just determination that, I, that I've never had in a lot of ways in my life. I just determined that it was time. I was going to be turning 50 in a couple of years. I had daughters who were getting close to marriage age. I didn't want to walk down the aisle at that weight. So there was motivation. There was determination. And I guess once I started, the results themselves just kept it coming. You know, when you lose, I don't remember. <laughs> my notes are locked on my old iPhone that I can't get out anymore. But I think I lost like 25 or 28 pounds the first month after having lost 15 already. And if that doesn't push you to do more, you know, it, nothing yeah. would. So I did. I found my self-determination for the first time in a long time, probably. And I'm sure that the Lord helped lead me there and lead me to you. So, yeah. And when you're that heavy, it sounds like you started with walking and nutrition. Exercise didn't feel like initially it was in the cards for you. Can you talk a little bit about that? And when, when was the change when you started feeling better and you're like, I think I can start exercising? Yeah, I like I said, I had never been an athlete. I had never I played little league <laughs> when I was, you know, however old you are there, 10, 11, 12. So I'd never really been an athlete. The only other time I truly lost weight in a decent way was another program at the beginning of the 2000s and three months after I was right back at it. I was that weight. I determined I was gonna start flooding myself with water and do the nutrition that I could. But when I started in July, I did start the exercises, even at that weight. I said, this is part of it. I've got to do it. Here's the thing. I was terrible at them. You know, I had no muscle tone. I've never been an athlete. I've been fat for a long time. I had an office job, basically. There just wasn't much there. So, and we didn't have the same support group that we have now through our Facebook brotherhoods that Fit Father has. I thought I was kind of alone in the fact that I could, I got up to a six. The initial workout is called Apex 10 and you have levels, one, one through 10. I got up to six, couldn't go any further, and couldn't even come back down. It was self-humiliating. And I, I don't think I told anybody for a while except maybe some of your staff through an email or whatever. It was very humiliating. And I, I knew I was in bad shape, So, it, it, but to see just how bad it was was very hard. I don't know if I just didn't push myself hard enough, if it really was... It took me that long to get up to things, but it took me a long time to finish an Apex 10. I don't, I can't tell you how long it took, but it was a long, it wasn't just a month. It was a long time. And back then that was the only program that we had. So I just kept repeating and trying and, and trying. And eventually I got there and that was very exciting. One of the big things that helped me was um, when the cardio started, the high intensity interval training starts during the program. When I added that in, I didn't want to go to a gym. <laughs> Again, at my weight, I was the thought of doing that in front of other people <laughs> was really bad. So I started walking in my neighborhood. And then for the one minute of high intensity, I would run. <laughs> That's more of a shuffle at that way, uh, a, a slight jog or whatever. But that alone hit me to a level 10 because 
at 30 seconds, my, my machine would beep and tell me I had another 30. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I can't make another 30. And it took a while. But that really boosted me along with the Apex. And I found out, I know Glenn said it on a previous podcast, but I was the one, if you saw me running, you better run faster because the bear was going to eat whoever was last, you know, whatever. That was me. And, and then I found a love of running through that. The hit, it took me from the mid, mid-July, whatever, whenever that started, to close to the end of September, I ran a full mile. And then I, I actually Facebook messaged um, Kat, who's another one of the people who worked with, with me and, and for Anthony. Um, I, I Facebook messaged her and she, writing back, I ran a freaking mile. I've never, I'd never run a mile. In high school, when you had to run the mile for the physical fitness challenge or whatever, I might run a lap or something like that and then just walk because number one, I didn't care. And number two, I wasn't going to kill myself. So I ran a mile and that motivated me to so much more. I have a secret to share with you is, is I keep that screenshot that you shared because <laughs> it was so meaningful for me. You know, when, when you said I ran a freaking mile, I haven't run a mile since middle school and, and I did it. And it seemed like that was a really big turning point for you in feeling like you started to have a body that could do stuff, a body of possibilities. And it, it seemed like it brought a lot of hope and encouragement into your future. So take us from there. Now, now you're running. Yep. Now you're losing weight. You're eating better. Keep on going. I want to hear more because at this point in the journey, I imagine you're down about 40 or 50 pounds maybe in this area, plus or minus, but you got to over a hundred pounds lost in near a six month mark. So right. what's the rest of it look like from there? The one thing I didn't put in there when I started the running, I would do it in my quiet, sleepy little neighborhood after dark because I did not want anybody to see this big man running. That's how humiliated I was and how where I was in my head at the time. I just I didn't want anybody to see me. So after I ran a mile, I thought, you know what? I don't have to be so ashamed of this. And I had lost 40 or 50 pounds at that point. So I started doing my hits and little runs, whatever, at nighttime, but not in the dark, you know? It was still daylight and stuff. So that was huge for me. I signed up for a couple different events. I went to Pittsburgh and ran in a Penguins. They call it a 6.6K because that's Mario Lemieux's number. Now, I hurt myself in the first 100 yards, but I still finished it. And I didn't run as much as I wanted to, but I ran. And I did it in a big group with a lot of people. And that was huge to me. In fact, I don't know if I ever told you, but we were standing there and they played the national anthem before the event started. Thousands of people in this thing. And my son ran with me. And I'm such an emotional person that I started crying when the national anthem played because for the first time it was playing... For me as an athlete, you know, just something so entirely different than I've ever experienced before in my life. So suddenly I was an athlete and they were playing the national anthem and I could do that. So that was very cool and just kept prodding me forward to run. When I went home to run that race, I said I'm from Pennsylvania, I had not told my parents that I'd lost any weight. So I went home and when I saw them, I'm thinking by mid-October, it was 70 pounds or so. So they saw me for the first time down 70 pounds. And so that was huge. And that was fun. Them and what was that like? Let's t- tell me about that <laughs> moment. Like you walk in the door. Yeah. Well, my mom knew why we were coming home. So her thing was, I thought something might be up. You've been talking about walking. <laughs> so, so she wasn't overly surprised. So I didn't get that big <gasps> moment. But 
and they're pretty low key people, you know, so, but they definitely were proud of me and it made a difference. It was fun to show people and, and to be that because I had done it a time or two before, then it became the proof is in the pudding thing. Is this going to last, you know, and two and a half years it lasted. It, it was always fun to go home again and see people and stuff. So I want to break down your nutrition a little bit, because obviously when you get to 306 pounds, you're not doing that necessarily due to lack of exercise, you're eating things and you're not moving. And it's a combination of factors and in the running and in doing our apex 10 workout, that metabolic resistance workout in the fit follower 30 X program are factors, but you obviously changed your nutrition in a tremendous way, both in your resolve, not to eat things like the candies, but you also added good stuff in what worked for you with your nutrition. What kind of routine did you establish that was it, you were able to be consistent with after years of having habits that were keeping you at a heavy weight? Number one is that it's simple. It's not a gimmick. I don't have to give up bread. You know, Part of it was just the meal plan, I've always told people, just made sense. And when I went to my doctors and they saw the change, they asked what I did. And I told them they were so excited that I wasn't doing the latest fad. It was something that could be kept up. So that was very good. So number one, it was simple. It made sense. I wasn't having to eat things that I couldn't stand or whatever. And my wife wanted me to be successful. And since I was gone most of the day, she did most of the preparing. I would get my breakfast, the shake or whatever, and then take my lunch with me. And then when I came home, she either prepared something or I went out to the grill and chicken's my thing. I'm okay with chicken almost every night. You know, I don't care for fish, so that's not really an option for me. The occasional beef, whatever. But so we just varied it up, but kept it simple. We didn't make fancy meals because that's just not us for the most part. And kept it simple and just had everything on hand, ready to go, knowing what we were doing. Okay. So you found some go-to meals and some go-to foods for you at evenings. It seems like grilling some kind of chicken. What'd you throw on the side? Vegetables. What do plates look like as you're losing weight? Yeah. We were pretty common with sweet potatoes for the carb, but I love rice. So some brown rice was always good. And we had that pretty regularly. Um, really, those were the two that we switched back and forth from most. Quinoa, quinoa, we added quinoa back when I thought it was quinoa, you know? So yeah, <laughs> I found out, how to, yeah. found out how to pronounce it and prepare it, and it wasn't so bad. I liked that. And then vegetables, asparagus, broccoli, salad were probably our biggest ones. Sometimes squash, zucchini, stuff like that. In the breakfast, you mentioned shakes for breakfast. And this is something that We've been recording new episodes on the importance of regimenting your nutrition to get like a consistent routine so you don't have to think about it. And when one thing's our most successful members use these morning shakes because they're simple, they're easy, you throw the stuff in the blender and, and you it tastes great and it keeps you full. Talk to us about that because that was probably a big change. I imagine you weren't making shakes beforehand in the morning, but you started doing it when you joined Fit Father. Tell us about that. I was one of those people that never ate breakfast unless I was out to a restaurant or on a trip or something like that. I didn't eat breakfast, but once I started eating in the day, I never stopped eating, you know, and, and eating all the wrong stuff. So when the program called for eating breakfast, I know breakfast is the most important meal of the day if, you know, whatever. I've heard all that kind of stuff. So I thought, okay, I, I need to take this seriously. I don't remember if we started right out with shakes or if we started with eggs or whatever, but I got to it. And when we say shakes, I'm not talking about a prepackaged shake that you buy 
anywhere. You know, we make our own shakes. That's part of the plan that Anthony has put together. And so we bought protein powder, included the rest of the ingredients for the shake and made that every day. And you get to the point where you look forward to it. It's what breaks your overnight fast and it's tasty. And there's different options for it. It doesn't always have to be the same one. I love cinnamon. So cinnamon shakes are pretty much my go-to. So generally Um, speaking, what are you throwing in your shakes? Because I mean, I know because I helped design these shakes or we call them smoothies, I guess you could say. But for people who are listening, you know, we have our Fitfather Superfuel Protein that is a good use as a base. So it's protein powder plus vitamins, minerals, probiotics. What else are you throwing in your morning smoothie? Sure. I use almond milk to avoid the dairy. Almond milk, the protein powder. We started out with a generic protein powder just to keep it cheap and simple. But once you created a super fuel, I tried that and it was so much better that I still buy that every month, you know. So that's so that's the protein powder. And then we use chia seeds and cacao, spinach, some kind of you know, either I use monk fruit to sweeten it up a little bit. I know liquid stevia is also approved or whatever, encouraged. And then you can add water or ice. I add a little bit of ice to make it a little bit thicker. I don't like adding the water because it dilutes the flavor for me. And if I'm going to have something that every day I want it to be good, so I really like the flavor. And so I kind of keep it pretty much to where it is. And then, like I said, for me, I add cinnamon. Sometimes I switch it up and add some mint or coffee, just different things. So you dialed in this shake and it's consistent. And I want to highlight something is you are a guy who is not eating breakfast, which is not necessarily a problem if your nutrition is good later in the day, right? Because one of our meal timing schedule setups we recommend is intermittent fasting. Like some guys, it is fine to skip that first meal and, and push it back, but you were in a trap. It seems like that you were not eating breakfast, but then you were just loading up a crap later in the day because your body was hungry, your blood sugar wasn't right, you know, you didn't have a good structure routine. So for you, this seemed like a good crux. The way you started your day kind of gave you this momentum and structure that you carried on throughout the day. Yeah. You don't get to 300 pounds by just eating two meals a day that are good. You get there by when you start eating. Generally, probably the first thing I would eat, unless I had something laying around my office, was lunch and was almost always fast food. Or if we went to a a different kind of restaurant, I still got something that was not good for you. It was fat laden and, and whatever. And then I'm a sugar addict. There's just no two ways about it. I just am. I love cake. I love donuts. I love certain candies chocolate sometimes. It's not my big thing, but it is, uh, you know, so that potato chips or ice cream at night. Um, I gave up Coca-Cola a few years before I started the plan. So I was already pretty much drinking water, but it would have only been two or three glasses a day. Nothing that would have sustained me for the long haul. I mean, I still got dehydrated. So I was eating junk once I started the day and then switching over to begin with a shake and then preparing my lunch and waiting till supper to eat. And Again, somehow or another, I found the intestinal fortitude to not snack at night. Um, A lot of times I did my workouts at night because that's a better time for me. I'm not a real morning person, so I don't like to get up and do them. I did my workouts at night, and that alone was enough to tell me I didn't want to eat because I had just worked out or was getting ready to work out or whatever. So Nice. All right, so let's get back to your journey. Now you're running. Let's just say you're 70 pounds down. Take me through the rest of your journey to getting to your low weight, some of the triumphs that happened through there, and then we'll turn the corner and start talking about some stuff that happened that were setbacks that started moving you back in the other direction. Because I think this is so important for 
for men to understand listening to this, that this is a journey. It's not always a linear path and there's twists and turns to your ability to continue to reshift a momentum into the positive direction when it's coming back at you is huge. So let's go there. The floor is yours. All right. Well, I ran that 6.6K. I'd signed up for a couple 5Ks. I decided if I ran the Penguins race, I was going to end up running the Pirates and the Steelers too. I'm a, you know, I'm a Western Pennsylvania guy. Those are my teams, good, bad, or ugly. So I was going to run all three of them. The Pirates is a 10K. The Steelers is a 5K. So I got those on my schedule and decided to try those. Like I said, I really enjoyed running. And so one of the prescribed exercises during the week is a free day where you do something that you want for an hour. So I would go out and rather than do the high intensity, low intensity, high intensity, low intensity, I started to learn to run a little bit of a distance, you know, so that I was able to do some others. By January, mid-January, I think it was. So like you said, six months in, I hit my 100 pound mark, which just floored me. In fact, at the time I thought, I've been doing this really hard for a while. I was going to take a little break. But one of your staff members got to me and said, don't you dare. If you take a break now, you'll go back. And so I didn't. I kept going. Ran off and on through the winter. Actually, more on than off. I ran quite a bit during the winter. One day, all of a sudden, I felt really good. So I just didn't stop. (laughs) It's kind of like Forrest Gump. I just kept going. So one day, Without even planning for it, not taking anything to drink or nutrition along, I ran nine miles. No clue that I could run nine miles. It just absolutely floored myself. I got back, and then again, Kat, the person that I work with that works for Anthony, um, she kind of scolded me and said, don't you ever run that long again without taking water and specifically some nutrition also. <laughs> you just you should. So, but... I was very excited. I ran nine miles without stopping. I just, I can't even fathom, you know, that day. It was just so incredible. And that must have been in March, late February or March. So that was within a year. That was within a year from you starting. You're at like, let's just say 10 months. Oh no, it was, it was eight. Eight months. Eight months. Not running a mile since middle school to running nine miles, losing a hundred pounds from 306 to you were about 197 or so at that time, I think. What, like I think you're right, yeah. Ballparking. Yep, I was there. And having done that, I thought, well, shoot, it's only another four miles to a half marathon. You know, I could do that. And so I, again, was talking to Kat and trying to figure out, can I do this? And she said, absolutely. If you're at nine, getting to 13 is not hard at all. And so I started training. And by mid-May, with a hernia... <laughs> I I got a hernia somewhere along the line there. But by mid-May, with a hernia, I ran a half marathon. And for the first eight miles, I ran faster than I I had. And I couldn't slow myself down either, so I paid for it at the end. But I completed it. I did a half marathon 10 months after being, well, 10 months after starting the program, more or less starting at 306 pounds. I, I ran a half marathon and I, it's just, it's amazing. I absolutely love it. And right after that, I had a hernia, and, but it's because I was so fit at that point and doing so well, I had my hernia, I think on a Friday and by Sunday or Monday, I was back out on the road. I was tentative at first just to make sure, but I had no pain and the doctor told me I was okay. So I was back to running just a few days after having hernia surgery, you know, so that was pretty amazing. Yep. And then, I don't know if you want to go on, I know Lee and and 
Um, Glenn have both talked about the Ragnar, but somewhere along the line there, one of your Sunday newsletters had these sign up for one of these events. Look at look into some of these things. And then one of them was a Ragnar race, which is a 200-ish mile relay race with 12 members. And by then I was working part-time for you. And so I uh, started harassing you. <laughs> hey, we should do this as a team. We should do this as a team. We could get together. It was all personal. It was just selfish because I wanted to meet you. <laughs> I'm like, this guy changed my life. I want to meet this guy and here's an opportunity. And we were able to do it. And half the, half the team was staff and half the team was guys in the program who had also made changes. We ran that in February. So for the next five or six months, that was one of my biggest goals was getting to that. I ran my Pirates 10K during that time. I ran a couple other things, but it was crazy. In my head, I would be out there running and making logistics. How do I get to Phoenix? What do I have to take with me? What more do I have to do to be able to make sure I can run this race? I signed up for some of the longer legs, not the longest individual leg, but my legs totaled the most out of anybody on the team. I was probably 50 at that point. Yeah, by the time the race came, that's when I had turned 50. I was 50. I I had been the heaviest person on the team, all that. And I ended up running the most miles of the team. And man, talk about a thrill. Talk about pride. And it was just, that was huge. That has always been huge. That, you know, that was great. I have chills listening to that because I'm just imagining the shame you felt that evening run when you're starting out. It almost brings me to tears, that shame you felt hiding yourself to me watching you run through the Arizona desert, just kicking butt was a profoundly meaningful experience and a privilege that I will cherish for the rest of my life to watch you go through that. And you made that happen. And and I want to highlight something that for those listening, that seems really important to me in your journey. It's that you found a way to engage your body and your mind that you love. It happened to be running for you and you started setting goals. You started setting stuff in the calendar. You signed up for races. You roped friends and family into doing these crazy things with you. And you built community around something that you were passionate about. And that created you know, guardrails. It created momentum. It created just this steeper level and layer of support around your journey, which I know was very important for you. So you have this incredible triumph and I know you carry on from here. Where do things start to change? Where do things start to slip back? Let's go there. Sure. Part of it is in my head. I was still the fat guy. I don't know why I couldn't get out of that mode. I never truly reached my goal weight. I I got down to 176 at my lowest. What was your goal weight? I don't know, but I knew that I still had fat. So I think 160 was probably my next big goal. So I never got there. You know, I would I would gain 10, lose 10, gain two, lose two. I'm kind of fluctuated because I kind of backed off a little bit from the intense, you know, but always thinking that I was going to get back to it and finish it. Part of having been heavy and who knows, maybe other injuries along the way, I had a bad back. And there were times when it would come out and other times where it just, it would be okay. I have a good friend who's a chiropractor who helps me out a lot. And so with patience and time, most every time he was able to help me get back to where I was healthy and going with it. But last March, 2020, everyone's favorite year, I injured my back in the first week of March. I was exercising when I did it. I'm sure I was probably using poor form or or rushing to do something. I don't know. But I'd already had the back trouble, so that 
emphasized it. So that was the beginning of March. Two weeks later, COVID lockdown came down. And so I, I couldn't exercise physically. I couldn't go anywhere to exercise, which I at that point would have been too much pain to do anyways. I was already slightly depressed because of that and because I had already gained, I forget, 30 pounds or something like that at that point. I had already gained some weight. So I really believe that I was probably depressed. I I know I sunk into some kind of funk. I'll, I'll call it depression. And with depression came guilt and with guilt came eating and with eating came more guilt and more depression and it just added on. Eventually, I had to have back surgery in July of last year, in July of 2020. I had to have back surgery and six weeks after my back surgery, I felt great. I was I was getting started again. I was eating right. I was, I was back out. I started to exercise and immediately my knee started causing me trouble. I've been told years ago that I would probably have to have a knee replacement surgery someday. But when I got healthy, when I lost weight, when I gained muscle, when I was using my knee for good things, I didn't have any knee pain. I mean, I'd pretty much forgotten about my knee trouble. And when it hit, that would have been like late August, when it hit, it was bad. And so that pulled me right back out of that. My back was feeling okay, but my knee wasn't. And then eventually, I suppose because of hobbling or whatever, my back started to bother me again. My chiropractor was telling me that was mainly a muscle issue from it's common after back surgery or whatever. And so he helped me through the back and I, I got back on some medicine for my knee, you know, cause the inflammation was so bad, but I was also eating like crazy. And so here I am now in June of 2021, and I have regained probably 80 pounds. It's, it's humiliating. It makes me angry. Mm -hmm. It's depressing. Several times I have restarted, and for whatever reason, I can't flip that switch again. I feel like I'm there now. I'm back to eating what I should. I'm not working out regularly yet, but I have done it several times and I will get to it. I want to run again. I, you know, whether it's before or after a knee surgery, I don't know what's going to happen there. My knee feels pretty good now, so I think I'll be okay. So I'm ready to start again. I, I'm, I, mean, I, I kind of have started, but I'm ready to, to make the difference again. I, I, I don't have an event goal. I don't have a, a date goal in mind yet. I feel like I need to rework my mission statement and find something to put on the calendar or something that's going to be important. I, For one of my daughters that got married, I was at my low weight. For my son, I was middle. But when my second daughter got married just a few months ago, I was not where I wanted to be. And it was hard for me to enjoy her day because... Yeah. yeah, because I wasn't where I wanted to be. <laughs> and I knew that those pictures would be coming and I knew I'd have to see those forever. And that was frustrating. So I have an 11-year-old who's going to get married in 10, 20 years. So I have to get myself healthy and stay around for her. And hopefully we'll have some grandkids along the way and I want to be healthy for them. So I've got things to do. And, and part of my problem also is just... I work for you. I work for the Fit Father Project. And right now, I don't feel that I represent it well. And that also bothers me. So things I have to overcome and keep moving on with. So my question is, I think this is an important question, is how do we, how do we transmute these, what we'll call negative emotions, into power? 
right? Because the same kind of guilt and shame that I completely understand can also be used as fuel because I've seen it hundreds of times be the case. So when you wake up today and tomorrow, what are you doing to get your mind right? As a Christian, as a minister, I need to turn it over to the Lord and let him help me again. Um, I've just kind of turned that part out physically anyways with my health for a while. So it's for me personally, it's about reopening that. And then the other part is it's just I have to think more of myself than I have for the past year or so. Kicking myself doesn't help. And we just finished a transformation contest for Fit Father Project. And I was reading through the, the replies that the guys wrote. And one of the guys wrote that just because you quit doesn't make you a quitter. And that's pretty important, you know? I have quit. And I did feel like a quitter, a big loser or whatever, you know? So I have to stop that talk. When I wake up in the morning, I need to tell myself that I'm worth it. I need to tell myself that I was created for more than this that I am not the person I think I am at times. I want to I highlight that because so many of our behaviors that we do on a regular basis are often rooted in our identity and, and the self-talk, which the self-talk is merely a byproduct of these repeated thoughts in the past that have created mental grooves that we begin to believe. And we can realize they're not true because... You've been at a place where those thoughts weren't predominant features of your mind. And as you're low weight and you were running, you were in the mind frame of possibilities. You know, it does seem like there was like probably a little bit of a demon in the closet that you were, you were worried about something backslipping. But to be successful long-term, this mindset component is the foundation of this. So you retraining that and giving it to the Lord seems like the main path forward because you certainly know what to do when it comes to eating and exercise. It's a matter of this alignment piece. And I know when you asked to come on here and I wanted to share your story, I wanted to share it for this exact reason, because you are courageous enough to be vulnerable and to come on here and say, I'm a man who lost hundred pounds and I gained a lot of it back. This is me. And this is the real story. So first off, I want to applaud you, Craig, for being here and being vulnerable, because that takes strength, period. No questions asked. And you wouldn't be here if you wanted to go crawl into a hole and regain more weight. Right. You're here because you want to turn things around. And I know you can. And I also know that we're going to lay down a challenge here on this podcast that today we're recording this. I'm not sure what time you're listening to this. We we're recording this on June 10th of 2021. And I'm going to have you back on in six months. And we're going to tell the story of how you turned this around. And that is an episode that I can't wait to record with you, my friend. <laughs> Me too. It, it's time. I've had some emotional issues during this episode. One thing that made me think of was when I was running, when I was eating right, when I was healthy, I didn't have that. I was more in control of myself. Yes, it's it's all coming out because I am frustrated, you know, but there's just so much I look forward to getting back to when I'm back on the right path and doing the right things and 
you know, that's even one of them. I, I mean, I'm always an emotional person. That's just going to be that way. But it wasn't like it is now. And I, that's just another thing to look forward to. There's so much, there's so many benefits from doing this. We weren't, we, you know, we weren't made to, to live like this, you know. So modern day America, maybe through a lot of the world these days, it's just so easy Yes. To do this, you go to a restaurant and the serving sizes are ginormous. And even if that's the only thing you ate, it would be hard to continue if you weren't adding exercise or something too. So there's just so much. So I look forward to getting back to where I was a year, year and a half ago. Six months is a pretty good, it's a good date, but it's also a good target. It's a good um, goal. It's it's something to to look forward to and and to hold accountable. Yes. And I want to wrap this with a couple tangible strategies that you know from our program literature and seeing guys go through this. But I, I want to highlight some ideas. And number one, one of the first things we do when people join our Fit Father 30X program, weight loss and fat loss program track, is we have them write a mission statement. And that may seem trivial. A lot of guys come in and be like, ah, mission statement. But what it's doing is taking something that's abstract, this goal to improve yourself, and bringing it into the concrete. At the very least, it's on a piece of paper. It's written down. You've started this process of materializing something you want in the future. So goals are important. Goals with timeframes give you a container too, something to keep you on track. So that's number one. And Craig, I'd love you to write another goal. You know, it sounds like maybe that comes from this podcast, but maybe there's also a shorter term 30-day goal in addition to your longer term. Written goals are huge. There's so much research on this. People who write their goals succeed far more at a magnitude higher than those who don't write their goals. We take that seriously. And number two is I also believe that the key to you losing the weight is going to be nutrition, is going to be taking control over what you can, which I believe the most important thing is probably creating an environment in your home where you're on a regimented nutrition routine. So the crap foods that maybe you were eating during COVID quarantine lockdown are no longer in the house. You don't buy the crap. You get back to morning shakes. You cook the chicken at dinner and you get back to regimented sandwiches or salads for lunch and you figure out what your go-to snacks are when you do feel like you need something. And you have a sweet tooth, that's fine. You are not alone, but you know it's either a square of dark chocolate or it's a little piece of fruit or whatever it is, but you picked your go-to sweet tooth fix. It's just getting back to the foundational habits. And the amazing thing is as you stick on the routine and you start to see more results and you feel better, then your mindset becomes more positive because your mindset is is emerging from this soil of you being more successful. And then it all starts to positively reinforce itself. Health and fitness is a momentum game. So our ability to shift momentum is it. And I think I'll kind of close this little monologue thing here right now with the quote from Rocky. It's like, it's not how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get back up. And if we do that, that's the, that's the promise of the human spirit. It's that we can. It's that somewhere, I believe, as a man of God as well, that it's within us to want to express our greatest version possible. And that's unique to each of us. And, and that inborn human spirit is something that it's so powerful. And so I want to see yours just absolutely explode these next six months, my friend. You do so much for people in this brotherhood. So I thank you for that as well. All the people you support, it's time to support you. 
And that requires this shift. And so I'm grateful that you came on here and shared this vulnerably. I think a lot of guys will connect with this. So if you're listening to this and you have backslid, join Craig. Yeah. Make this conversation the time that you recommit. You're not in this alone. There are guys going through this, silently struggling. Craig's just brave enough to share. And if you're a man who has been successful and has established a routine, this is a good reminder to work on the mindset constantly, better self-talk, setting new goals, not letting the demon, if you will, creep back in. And if he does, you make sure he doesn't take a strong enough foothold and you reevaluate why this is important. And I know Tegan, your 12-year-old daughter, Mm -hmm. is going to be married at some point, hopefully (laughs) a while from now. (laughs) So you get a little break from all these weddings. (laughs) Yes. And when she is, I want to be there and I want to see you under 200 pounds. Sounds good. It's going to happen. All right, Craig. Well, thanks for being here. I mean, this is a really wonderful conversation. And for all you listening, thanks for being here with us on this podcast. Again, two aims of the Fit Father Project podcast. One, to share these real, raw, and vulnerable stories because we're all human. This is what we're going through. And we're on this Fit Father journey together. And it happens with honesty with authenticity, and we're all going to elevate together and we're going to take back the hill for our health, for our families, for ourselves. Craig, you're on that journey. And number two is to share the strategies. So the strategies that Craig is going to deploy are found in our Fit Father 30X program. He's going back to the basics and doing that. We're also covering some of those foundational principles in these episodes, so make sure you check those out. Craig, thank you so much for being here. God bless you. God bless your family and your future success. Thank you. God bless you and all that you do and what you've done for us. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll talk to you guys soon. See you in future episodes. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fit Father Project Podcast. If you love what you heard, please rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps spread this show to more men who need this valuable info. To watch full video episodes of this podcast and other motivational videos to inspire your training and more, Visit our Fit Father Project YouTube channel. It's free and everything's made for busy guys over 40 like you. Visit youtube.com forward slash Fit Father Project to get access to our entire video library. And finally, if you or someone in your life is interested in becoming a fit father or needs help losing weight, building muscle, and living healthier after age 40, then visit fitfatherproject.com where you can see our proven programs, supplement line for guys 40 plus, and free meal plan and workouts to get you started. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll see you in the next episode.